Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Today we're we're starting a sermon series called Among Us. And how fitting that the tangible presence of the Spirit of God would move so mightily in our midst today in this series. Last weekend, my wife and I were in Memphis celebrating my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. We did a vow, yeah, you can clap for them. We did a vow renewal for them on Saturday. It's so special. It's a great time for our family. And I'm just telling you, it's weird to be the pastor and the son in that moment. You know, when I'm looking at my parents doing their vow renewal, and I'm like, Joanne, oh, so weird. Mom, do you take dad again, you know, for the next 50 years to be your husband? And, and so it was, it was such a powerful, fun moment. And I told them, I said, listen, if there was anything that you didn't like about this event that we put on for you, you can let us know at your next 50th anniversary, which would be 100 years, and y'all can tell us then what you would want us to do differently for that. So proud of them, a great moment that we had, and we worshiped at a tremendous church last Sunday. I mean, tremendous church. It was a great church, but how many know that, in my opinion, there's just nothing like Cross Point? And so honestly, in first service and second service, to just be here worshiping with a like-minded group of, of a body of believers, of family, all together in unison, just crying out to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it's just like, oh, we're back home. Thank you, Jesus, right? It's powerful. Last week, Pastor Madison preached a powerful message called 10 Ways to Be Ungrateful. I've heard so many people this week talk about that message and how it impacted their lives. And so thanks for your obedience to the Spirit of God and for sharing that. I'm just telling you, we have the best youth pastor and college pastor on the planet. She's amazing. I'm so grateful for her and for Tyler and for Hazel. Incredible. As we get out in our state and we're around other pastors, they'll be like, hey, do you do you know how amazing Pastor Madison is? And I'm like, yes, we are fully aware. Don't talk to her. Uh, you know, we know how amazing she is. And so let's leave it at that. So how many know that all of us are in different seasons of life? I remember when I was in high school, time felt like it stood still. You know, like if somebody were to talk to you about something three or five years in the future in high school, I'm like, wow, that feels like an eternity away. And then when I got to college, it felt like time flew by, especially on those nights when I had procrastinated the assignment till the last minute. And then you're like, wow, time is flying by. How many can relate? Okay, yeah. And then my wife and I got married and we had little kids and how many know that it felt like time stood still again? <laughs> Will the season ever move to the next, and now my wife and I are in a season with a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old, and I'm just telling you, we're back to that feeling of time is just flying by. It's just flying by. I can't, it's hard to believe that we're already getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And some of you are like, what? I've been celebrating since October, right? You've had your Christmas decorations up forever. In just a few short weeks, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus, 
And in our house, when we celebrate our children's birth dates, a date is not good enough for them. They want a whole birthday week. Dad, it's my birthday week. Okay, you know, we just keep dishing it out all week. And so, uh, but as we celebrate Jesus, how many know that we celebrate Jesus all year long? He doesn't just get a day. He doesn't just get a week or a month. We celebrate Jesus all year long. And in this Sunday and in the following Sundays, we get to celebrate the arrival of Jesus into this earth. And so this morning, we're kicking off a new series called Among Us. And in this series for Advent, we're going to explore the first chapter of the Gospel of John. What did it mean for Jesus to take on human flesh and walk among us? And as we grow in understanding, our hearts will be more prepared for the Christmas holiday and for an encounter once again with the living God. The God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come. So for those of you who come from a liturgical background, you already know what Advent is. I didn't grow up in a liturgical church or come from a liturgical background. But in the global church calendar, this marks the first week of the Advent season. Advent comes from the Latin word adventus and means arrival or appearance. And so during these next few weeks, we're going to be celebrating and anticipating the arrival or appearance of God in the flesh. And it's such a big deal that we're going to spend a few weeks focusing on it. Today, we're going to look at the mind-bending concept that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. That Jesus is fully man and fully God. How is that even possible? This is an incredibly difficult concept to grasp, much less to explain, and I'm going to do my best this morning. Even when we look to popular cultural illustrations, they still fall short. How many of you have ever seen the movie The Matrix? Okay, so a handful of you in here this morning. There's this messianic figure who's going to free the enslaved human race by entering into their digital world and defeating the machines that are holding them captive. And he does this by eventually dying and then returning even stronger. But when he enters their world, it's just a digital imprint of a physical being. And the digital imprint has unlimited powers, whereas his physical body is just like ours. Well, that's not a picture of Jesus. Jesus wasn't like that. It wasn't like God took part of creation and turned a person into a superhero and it wasn't as though he was just a digital imprint. Jesus was flesh and blood. He was fully human. And sometimes it's okay to let mystery be mystery. There are some things about God that we'll never understand. And we can either let that be frustrating for us or we can lean into it. And it can cause us to be in awe and have wonder at the one who is more powerful and infinitely greater than we are. The season of Advent, we're going to be looking at the first chapter of John. In the, in the Gospel of John, in many ways, can seem mysterious, but this isn't a bad thing. And sometimes we forget how wondrous and mysterious Christmas really is. This series is about reawakening the wonder of God's entry into the world. And so I'd encourage you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1 this morning or scroll on your digital devices to John chapter 1. We're going to look at the first five verses. They'll also appear on the screen, and we'll keep coming back to these five verses throughout this message today. John chapter 1, verse number 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. 
and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your spirit's power. Would you make your word come alive to us? Open up our hearts to hear, open up our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what you'd have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The author of the Gospel of John is John, and he's making this profound assertion at the very start of this gospel, that since the very beginning of time, even before time, there was an entity in existence known as the Word. And this entity not only was with God, but was God. Verse number one says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John continues in verse number 14 to say, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word is the only Son of God, Jesus, and he is full of grace and truth. The first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels. It includes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew starts his Gospels with the genealogies of Jesus and emphasizes Jesus' kingship. Mark has Jesus bursting onto the scene as a full-grown man and emphasizes his servanthood. Luke emphasizes his personhood, and John begins by informing us that Jesus is God and emphasizes his godhood. John is unique in presenting Jesus as the great creator of God of the universe, in this Advent season, I pray that as we look at these verses, that our minds will be expanded to the Savior's greatness and that Christ will appear even bigger to us. In the Chronicles of Narnia, there's this conversation between Lucy and this lion, Aslan, and as she approaches him, he says, welcome, child. And she said, Aslan, you're bigger. And he says, that's because you're older, little one. And she said, not because you are. And Aslan said, I am not, but every year you grow, you will find me bigger. May that be said of each of us as we grow in our relationship with Christ. That as we grow as disciples and ministers of Christ, that we will find Christ bigger and bigger. And it's not that Jesus has changed, it's that our perspective of him has changed. John the Baptist said it this way in John chapter 3, verse number 30. He says, he must increase Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. May that be our prayer that in our lives Jesus would increase and that our flesh would decrease. So again, as we look at verses 1 through 3 of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. These verses show us the matchless greatness of Christ. And in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. We've already identified that Jesus is who they're talking about. Jesus is the Word. These verses indicate that there was never a time when Christ did not exist. There was never a time when Christ did not exist. Jesus is preexistent, which means that he's always been. And I told you, there are some concepts of God that are just hard for us to wrap our finite minds around. In our natural experience, we look around at created things, and there's an origination date, and there's an expiration date. There's a definitive start date and a definitive end date. And nothing and no one lives forever. And this is why it's hard for us to realize that Jesus has always been and he'll always be. 
Which takes us back to the idea that I mentioned earlier that it's all right for us to have mystery in our relationship with God. We don't have to try to remove or eliminate that mystery. There are some of you sincerely who are much smarter than I am in this room. And maybe you've wrestled through this thought. But I guarantee you that even the smartest person in this room can't figure out how this is possible. Our finite minds can't solve it. It's a mystery. And Paul wrote these words in his letter to the Colossians about Jesus. In verse number 15 through 17, again, he's talking about Jesus. He says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. Again, Jesus is before all things, and in him, Jesus, all things hold together. Do you see how big Jesus is? He is before all things. He created all things, and he holds all things together. He created you, and he holds you together. So again, verse number one, in the beginning was the word, and secondly, the word was with God. The Father and the Son have always been and will always be in relationship. There's always existed the deepest equality and intimacy in the Holy Trinity. And again, this is difficult for us to wrap our heads around. When we think about a father and son relationship that's always been, doesn't compute for us. For me to be here, my father first existed first. How many know what I'm talking about? For my son to be here, I first existed for him to be here. And so this father-son relationship begins with the father and goes to the son, yet what we're seeing in these passages is that the father and the son have coexisted from the beginning. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The final line of this verse says the word was God. He was God in every way, even though he was a separate person from God the Father. This phrase articulates Jesus' individual identity while also stating that he's God. This was his continuing identity from all eternity. He was and has been God constantly. Verse number two says he was in the beginning with God. In verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the creator of the universe. All things were made through him. This is said, and again, we look at Colossians for the second time this morning, and the, the continuity and the consistency of the Old Testament and the New Testament collide in this verse. In verse number 16, talking about Jesus, for by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The writer of Hebrew adds in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. I came across this illustration in preparation for the message, and it's this. There are about 100 billion stars in the average galaxy, and there are at least 100 million galaxies in known space. Einstein believed that we had scanned with our largest telescopes only one billionth of theoretical space. Think about that. This means that there are probably something like 10 octillion stars. 10 octillion stars. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't know what that amount is. Well, you would if it was in your bank account. 
How many is that? 1,000 thousands equals a million. A thousand millions equals a billion. A thousand billions equals a trillion. A thousand trillions equals a quadrillion. A thousand quadrillions equals a quintillion. Are you following? Are you still tracking? A thousand quintillions equals a sextillion. A thousand sextillions equals a septillion. A thousand septillions equals an octillion. So 10 octillion is a 10 with 27 zeros behind it, and Jesus created all of them. Not only is he the creator of the macrocosm of the universe, but he's also, uh, but also of the microcosm of the inner universe of the atom. The text in Colossians explains that he holds the atom and its inner and outer universe together. In him, all things hold together. What an image. We can trust God with everything. Because he's the creator, he knows just what his creation, all people, need. It was said that Charles Steinmetz, the mechanical genius and friend of Henry Ford, that he could build a motor in his mind, and that if it broke down, he could fix it in his mind. So when he designed it and actually built it, it ran with precision. One day, the assembly line in the Ford plant broke down. None of Ford's men could fix it. So they called in Steinmetz. He tinkered for a few minutes, threw the switch on, and it started running again. A few days later, Ford received a bill from Steinmetz for $10,000. Ford wrote back, Charlie, don't you think your bill is a little high for just a little tinkering? Steinmetz sent back a revised bill. Tinkering, $10. Knowing where to tinker, $9,990. Christ is the creator of all things. He holds all things together. And only Jesus knows where the tinkering should be done in our lives to keep us running in perfect order. Jesus knows which screw to turn, which belt to loosen, and the most beneficial octane to fuel our spirits. He's our creator. And I hope that this Advent season that you'll rest in him, that you put your trust completely in him, and that he'll bring you peace. Verse number four continues, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When you realize that Jesus is the creator, verse number four has some special meaning. In him was life. The Greek word zoe is used for life 36 times by John. And this distinctive term for life draws attention to the principle which makes life possible and even more often to eternal life. Verse number four continues, and the life was the light of men means that as the source of life, Jesus is the focus of all of our hopes. He not only gives us life in this life, he gives us eternal life. In verse number five, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Right, John chapter one started off with in the beginning. Would you know where else it says in the beginning? In the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter one says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so as we're talking about light in John chapter 1, there's the light of life that he is, the redemptive part, bringing us salvation. We also look back to creation in verse number 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Verse number 5, again, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not over it. John's pointing out to us that in the word Jesus are both the light of creation and the light of redemption that the word brings in his incarnation. 
And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it and will never overcome it. And the greatness of Christ's love is apparent from the opening line of John where he's identified as the word. An interpretive paraphrase could be, in the beginning was the communication. In the beginning was the communication. Christ has always sought to reveal himself. Ever since man's creation, Christ has sought to communicate with us truth and love. And Jesus is light and life. And where light goes, darkness is dispelled, revealing the true nature of life. And so no place with the slightest crack can withhold its presence. The light shines in the darkness literally means it continually shines in the darkness, meaning that Christ is continually bombarding every corner of our hearts of darkness through the work of his Holy Spirit. So this morning, do we believe that the word that became flesh was God or not? This is a question worth wrestling with as we prepare for this holiday season. In a few short weeks, the main event is going to be upon us. Many of you have already begun to purchase presents. You've decorated your houses. You've made plans to visit family and, and schedule holiday dinners. And what is it all for? Is it just a, a cultural holiday or is it something bigger? In the mystery of these five verses, there is a reason for celebration. In the mystery of these five verses, there is a reason for celebration. We serve a God who is bigger than us. He has created us and holds us together. He is more powerful and infinitely greater than we are. And he gave us life and he offers us new life and eternal life. The God who took on flesh for the sake of our salvation is what this season is all about and who it's for. And the choice that John gives us this morning is will we believe in Jesus or not? These five verses are so relevant to our lives. And we see that the creator of the universe loves us so much that he entered this world as a man to die a gruesome death so that we could receive eternal life. And this morning we're given that invitation to choose. Just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in a song where the first verse says, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. When we sing that song, I hope that that first line will be true of us this morning. God, I look to you in every circumstance, in every moment, today and in the future. God, I look to you. Earlier, there was a moment where an invitation was given for the Spirit of God to, to transform your lives. And now there's an invitation for some of those in this room and watching online who aren't followers of Jesus to become followers of him. I'm gonna ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Everything that we've done this morning has pointed to Jesus. This Advent season points to Jesus and Jesus changes everything. 
This morning, maybe there are some of you who've been trying to live this life in your own strength and be your own God. And today you say, I'm tired of that. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I, I want to lay down the sins of this life. And I want to walk in the freedom that Christ offers. I want to leave the old behind and pursue the new that he has for me. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room. One, two, three, lift them up all across this room. Let's all stand. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you raised your hand in person today or online, I'm going to ask that you would repeat this prayer after me and that you would mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. prayed that prayer today in person or online, we want to encourage you in the decision that you've made in the journey that God wants to take you on. If you'll text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Worship team is going to lead us in this song. The prayer team is going to come forward. And again, we've kind of gotten some things out of whack here. So after that song and some people have come forward for prayer, then I'll come up and talk about the offering and the miracle offering, and then we'll show the announcement videos and dismiss everybody. But I don't want to miss this moment, right? And so for those of you who've come here today and you're just like, just once again, I want somebody to bombard heaven on my behalf and pray. Uh, as I'm going to pray, then the prayer team's going to come up here to the front. If you want prayer for anything, I encourage you to step out of your seat and come forward for prayer. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power and the presence of your spirit today and you working among us this morning our hearts cry out to you. God, this morning we look to you in every moment, in every circumstance. And Lord, I pray that today as some people look to you, that you would set them free, that you would work miracles in their lives, even in this moment. In Jesus' name. joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.